0: Hey, Marie, how's it going?
1: It's going good. How are you?
0: I am uh, doing great. This was a fun week for many people, me included, because I'm a huge fan of uh, watching the WWDC announcements from Apple. I think they're always fun to watch for me because I just love getting excited about new technology and seeing what's happening with, you know, with Macs, with iPhones, and especially this year because something new happened. And so (laughs) it was really, really fun to watch like that announcement of, a big new product like we got mm-hmm. this year
1: yeah yeah for sure i am actually excited about it too so <laughs> last couple of years i've been a little sort of i guess more bored with wwdc because the announcements haven't felt kind of mind-blowing they felt more incremental mm-hmm. but this year when i watched it i was actually kind of into it i do have some thoughts as well on the vision pro specifically but I think what we were planning for this episode was we were going to do a really quick kind of business update on the stuff that we we've been working on, but kind of keep that short, and then we were going to just chat about WWDC. Just so a dive, little bit of a different format than yep. than usual, but uh, <laughs> yeah, let's do like uh, business stuff first. So um, for Lama Life, uh, what have we done? So this week's been an interesting week. We launched a small feature around colors. Our audience really like color themes. Like that's the feedback we've been getting. So we're kind of doubling down on that. Mm-hmm. And we have color themes where you can actually change the background color of each task. And it's sort of like as a theme, there's maybe like five or six colors that, that fill the whole app. But we also introduced this, this tiny thing called accent colors. And it's just if you don't want like a full on color theme, you can just pick one accent color that will kind of highlight the app. And I think it looks really nice. Like it's it's it sort of gives you a bit of a splash of color, like a little pop, but not over, <laughs> not too much. So we did that. We also uh, ran a competition amongst the uh, the llama life community to create a new color theme. So this is like multiple colors in one thing. And we announced the winner last week. Super cool. This person came up with a really nice theme, and now it's an official llama life theme in the app. So that was fun to do and just...
0: That's so cool. I, I, lo- I love that yeah. stuff. Like I think we mentioned a couple of weeks ago, Clear has been doing kind of stuff like that with their app icons and some people have been submitting their own designs. And same with the uh, that uh, Reddit app, what is it called? Apollo. Apollo. Uh, that yeah, also has a lot of like community submitted icons. Yeah. And yeah. I love that stuff. You get really cool submissions that way. So that, and, it's, and it's just a fun way to get like the community involved and f- making mm-hmm. it feel like you're all kind of part of this community together, which is uh, pretty rad.
1: Yeah, and then, I mean, I think the only other thing was like we we kind of hit we hit version 2 of the app, and I know it's, it's a little bit subjective, so with the versioning number, <laughs> we've kind of been sitting on version 1 point, you know, like 1 point something point something, and I finally thought, well, I think there's enough changes now, because we made some UI changes to push it to version 2, so that's kind of a weird milestone, but still a milestone of sorts in my mind, like, okay, the products evolved a bit and we got to version two. So that's a short update on Llama Life. And um, yeah, what have you been doing?
0: I've been, uh, other than continuing to, uh, you know, read all the coverage of the (laughs) stuff that was announced at WWDC, I've been working some more on the app we talked about last week. A lot of it, again, it's very early. So a lot of it is just like figuring out Oh, we've got to have, we have to have blank states here. And so, like, you know, what happens if you don't have any tags and things like that? So, we're like trying, we're kind of iterating. And it's very, it's in sort of a weird place because we don't, I mean, a fun weird place because it's like we don't know what the feature set totally is yet. And so, there's pieces that we'll just sort of throw on the page. And then it's like, actually, where, does it make sense to put this? And so we're kind of moving things around. Mm-hmm. But that that is uh, progressing well. And then we also we did we did we added keyboard shortcuts because we both are a big fan of keyboard shortcuts. But then quickly ran into the issue of those firing even when you're trying to enter text, which is <laughs> not gonna not gonna work out. So we ended up uh, pausing that for now. But that's kind of where we're at. We're just sort of like trying to get all the meat and potatoes, sort of like the basics on the page, so that we can get users uh, trying it out and then sort of building off of that feedback you know trying to do the like Michelle Hansen thing of once we get people in there we're really going to be trying to talk with everybody and see what we can build alongside that's going to support that early uh, user set so yeah we're really excited for um, where that's going to go
1: it sounds like progress and yeah yeah (laughs) I've had that keyboard shortcut issue as well about it firing when you don't want it to fire and yeah, right. it, it can get tricky managing all the different states, but yeah, cool. Sounds like good progress.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Awesome. Let's dive in. Let's, Let's talk, talk about DubDub. Dub. Dub. Obviously, the the big, huge announcement is the Vision Pro, and we're gonna we're gonna kind of cover everything. It's sort of like the order that the conference went in or the keynote went in. So we're gonna cover mm-hmm. that last. But first, like one of the first things they announced was the new MacBook Air. Going to uh, 15 inches, and I know you're Uh a big fan of uh, the 13-inch Air. You had that for a while. So, yeah, what do you think of it?
1: Super tempted, but I'm not going to get it because I don't need it. But, um, yes, I was a big fan of the 13-inch M1 Air, the first one. Mm -hmm. It was a significant improvement over what I had before, which was the 2015 MacBook Pro 15-inch. But it was hard for me to go down from my old... 15 inch to the 13 inch. Yeah. Then I got an external monitor to kind of help with that. But for some reason, like I kind of prefer just coding on the laptop. Mm-hmm. For some reason, I get more done when I'm just on my laptop. Maybe it's the singular focus. Like when I have my external monitor, I just have too many things open. So sometimes the most productive sessions I've had are literally just me and my laptop. And oh. I kind of feel one with the machine. <laughs> I don't know what what it is like. Cause I actually like the keyboard as well on the the
0: laptop. Yeah, now that they got rid of the the butterfly keys or whatever yeah, it was yeah. before and those things I stuff. I forgot how terrible they were until I had been using one of my, you know, one of the newer laptops. And then I you know, one of my co-workers or something had the old one. I just tried typing on like, oh my gosh. I did not I completely forgot how awful these things were to yeah. type on. So yeah, the new the new MacBooks, the keyboards. Yeah. Scissor keys. They, they were, they feel much, much nicer much to type on. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. They're kind of the best of both worlds, like thin profile, but mm-hmm. you know, you get enough feedback.
0: Yeah. They're great. So yeah,
1: I was tempted cause I do, I actually upgraded my 13 inch MacBook air M one to the 14 inch MacBook pro Right. still M one. And I really enjoyed that. Little bit of a bump in the screen real estate. And also, I'm a big fan of like high refresh rates. I, I appreciate my 120 hertz. Right. Even though, okay, this is super nerdy, but VS Code doesn't run at 120 hertz. Have you noticed that? Everything I, else is I, 120 I have,
0: hertz. I have not. Well, I'm, I'm using Emacs now, so I don't even know what Emacs does. Oh, yeah, you're that. on Emacs.
1: <laughs> I don't know why VS Code doesn't run at 120 hertz. It's kind of annoying, but I guess I don't notice it that much. But it is a text-based tool and Mm -hmm. you notice the 120 hertz the most on text-based tools because the scrolling and anyway, so that's my one little pet peeve about, well, I guess it's not about the MacBook but it's about VS Code. But yes, I'm not going to get the 15-inch. I do love the fact that it's gone back up to 15-inch because that was a really nice sweet spot for me for coding. It just felt like I could put two windows on the screen it's right. so like two coding windows and, you know, because we do web development, it was really nice to have one window is the actual website that you're working on and the other window is your editor. So it was mm-hmm. perfect. I thought it was a really good balance but probably can't afford it right now so I'm going to keep what I got. What about what about you?
0: Yeah, so I, I also had the 13-inch MacBook Air, the M1. I think we both had basically the same laptop. And for me, it was not, I mean, I I do, you know, I do like some video editing and stuff like that. And I was hoping it could be kind of a good supplementary laptop in addition to like my work laptop, which was like, you know, MacBook Pro, it wasn't powerful enough for me. And then the bigger thing was like this, the screen, the 13 inches, I just, it drove me crazy. So I I ended (laughs) up getting like a totally tricked out (laughs) MacBook Pro. And I got the 16 inch because I was like, I had that 13 inch. I was like, this screen is just so tiny i need to have like just a giant screen and i love the 16 inch but i think it's really great that they've done it because if i if i wasn't doing video editing Mm -hmm. and stuff like that like the macbook air i think the macbook air is probably good enough computer for like 95 percent of people and they it feels so i loved how light that that's that is one thing i miss like the macbook air it's so light it's so easy to just like you're sitting on the couch watching tv or whatever and just toss it in your lap and start, you know, writing or whatever. And mm-hmm. it's like, you barely even know it's there. Um, or my MacBook pro that is like, it's, it's light ish, but you notice when yep. it's there, it, it's a lot beefier.
1: It's the same with phones. Like, I don't know why they do this, but they, people associate premiumness sometimes with weight.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So like, even if you look at the iPhone 14 versus the 14 pro, I actually like the feeling of the 14 better because it's lighter. It's different materials on the back and the sides. Mm-hmm. And, it actually feels grippier in the hand because right, it's right. more like a glass – I think that it's more like a glass kind of back versus a frosted glass back on the Pros and that's super slippery. And the Pros just- so I have a 14 Pro Max. It's such a – it's a beast but it's <laughs> so heavy. Like it's, I kind of got used to it but it's – every time I handle another phone, I'm like, oh, my God, my phone is a brick. Going back to the days of having – Rick phones, right? Yes. Okay, cool. So we both like the size and the fact that it's an air, but probably not going to get one.
0: Yeah, not for me, but I'm, I'm uh, pretty glad they have it. I bet that becomes their best selling computer. I think it's going to be the one that most people want that 15 inches, like a good standard screen size. And yeah, the air. Yeah. I think that's great. Um, I don't know. I think we are both, they, they also announced like the new Mac studio and finally, the Mac Pro is now on the M2 chip. But I think you and I are both strictly laptop users. We're
1: laptops. Right? It's so funny. I've had a laptop since about, since like, you know, those first MacBooks where they had like the white one and the black one.
0: Mm-hmm. And the, uh, the I, I want to say this. The like $200 extra or something, even though yeah, the yeah, only difference was the black.
1: Because it was like a matte sort of, was it a matte black? Yeah, yeah matte yeah. black. And then it uh-huh. was like a glossy white. I had the glossy white.
0: Yeah, same. I think
1: I love that thing. <laughs>
0: That was when they were the iBooks. They called them iBooks, right?
1: No, no. This is, I think it was after the iBook. Was it called iBook? I thought it's the, not the I clam the white, one. Not yeah, the clam I thought the one.
0: white ones were called iBook. and then they Oh, got maybe. Of, yeah, not, not like the clamshell because that, that was also called the iBook. I think that was the iBook G3, I think, was the clamshell yeah, yeah, one yeah. That, that had like the colors and everything.
1: These I were the know. ones that came out <laughs> like around the time the first iPods came out. And I love those like you know the really thin iPod, really super small light one. Like it was really thin and narrow. Mhm. It was around that time.
0: Oh the the nano?
1: Not the nano nano, like not the really tiny one with no screen. It had yeah, a little screen. Yeah, no it was like, it was like um, it was
0: like a gumstick size ca- yeah, yeah, it was I can't like <laughs>
1: it was so light. I had that. This was maybe 2000 and I want to say 2004 or 2005 like around then. Mm. And Oh, I love those machines, but they had issues. Like I had fan issues and like all sorts of things, but Mm. they looked really slick. And I do actually prefer the design of the first 13-inch MacBook Air M1 because it's tapered. Yeah. Like now they're just like a big rectangle chunk. And some (laughs) people like that. I know a lot of people liked the new design, but I was like, I actually kind of think the old one was like really nice. Mm -hmm. You know, I guess I got to change it. That's just – (laughs) <laughs> people like change so
0: i mean now we're, now that we're talking uh, on the nostalgia i do really miss how the old uh, apple laptops had the apple logo that you know was illuminated when you yeah. open the la- I, I miss that that was just sort of like a nerdy little thing that was just sort of fun that that like lit up when you were using it and now they so, have like it looks fine they are like glossy black they have now but it's not as good
1: do you have any stickers on your laptop or um skins or anything
0: I do on, because my work laptop and my personal laptop are both a a 16 inch MacBook Pro, I did get like a skin to put on my personal one just so they, normally I never put anything on them at all, but I did this time just so that they're, I can tell at a glance that they're, you know, which laptop is which.
1: I'm a big fan of putting the skins on. And um, I just remember like going back to when, you know, you're talking about the Apple logo lighting up. Mm-hmm. There were some really creative skins. So oh, a skin yeah, being like a, a, a sticker you put on the whole back, right? Not just, just, not just one little sticker, but it covers the whole back. So it'd it would make it look re-
0: like it was like a moon illuminated yeah, or something yeah. like that. Yeah, There's this
1: really cool Iron Man one. The Apple that was lighting up was the core, like his core. Or like he, I think there was another one where he, he had his – had his hand like coming out, like he was right, right. doing something with his hand and like the cor- the, the apple was lighting up the, the core a bit in his hand. <laughs> yeah, and now you can't do any of cool that ones. anymore.
0: Come on, no. Apple, be be brave and bring back the illuminated Apple logo. Yeah,
1: I mean, that was like a signature <laughs> thing. I don't know why they took it away. Yeah, but.
0: I'm sure it was just like one of those cost saving or probably thin, just making it even thinner by getting rid of that.
1: I, I have an issue with, with um, this thinness thing where people are like, the thinner it is, I think this is a Johnny Ive thing. Like the thinner it is, the better. It's like, no, like that's not the only thing. Give me a thicker machine or a thicker phone with a better battery, like a a bigger battery. Mm -hmm. Use the space, put a bigger battery or use the space and make it more ergonomic for my hand because I don't really like the thin square-ish design. It doesn't feel (laughs) good for me. But anyway, yes, I think some some of these artificial goals that people have about lighter and thinner and by themselves, it kind of sounds impressive but real world use and maybe we'll get onto this when we talk about vision pro but the real world practical use might not be a great experience right the specs right. are great and it looks great and the hardware looks great but yeah i'll save that for i'll save that for <laughs> vision pro our vision pro chat
0: awesome so yeah so they did like moving on from uh, the actual mac hardware they, there's a bunch of stuff with kind of All the different OSs like with iOS, you know, they had like the stand, standby view, Mm -hmm. which, you know, basically makes it like a little alarm clock, which is like, I don't have a stand for that. But now, like, that'd be kind of nice. I feel like if I had that, it would make me less likely to check the phone when I should be sleeping. So having a place where I can just like stamp it onto like a standing, you know, little case that makes it like an alarm clock. I might do that, but the journal app is kind of interesting. Um, There's a little bit of Sherlocking. Actually, there's a lot of Sherlocking that happened at uh, this conference.
1: I was, I felt a bit sad about that kind of thing. Well, I guess on the one hand, I did see a lot of other indie apps like featured in the keynote, so that was really cool. Like I saw them mention Apollo. Uh, They mentioned Streaks, which is like a habit tracking app Mm -hmm. made by I think an, an Australian developer. And I was like, "Yeah cool. They're mentioning all these tiny like smaller indie apps. And then, you know, on the flip side of that, like you said, the sherlocking thing that's happening with like a journal app is is kind of sad to see. And maybe we should just define sherlocking for people who don't who, who yeah, don't so know. we
0: were we were talking about it before the show to get. and I don't know if these details are exactly right, but as I understand it, there Apple used to have had an app that was called Sherlock. It was sort of like like an advanced search for your finder sort of thing. And then some indie developer created another app called Watson that sort of like improved it in a bunch of ways. And then at like infamously, I don't remember when this was, like 2002 or something, like at a WWDC, Apple announced Sherlock 3, which was basically taking all of those features that Watson had come up with and so, taking all those, basically killing off Watson, like that indie app just kind of went away because mm-hmm. Sherlock just sort of like stole all those features. And then since then, that's sort of been like when Apple basically adds the fe- the unique features of your app to the operating system. That's called being Sherlocked. Like, oh, mm-hmm. they may have just killed your app because they took the unique thing. And you you mentioned also like Flux. That was Flux a, is a great that was thing. a yeah, yeah great example of where it, you know would change the color temperature of your monitor at night to sort of like ease your eyes. And then, then, I forget, what does Apple even call it? But it's just like built in. Night app. shift, night, night shift. shift. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and so I feel like there, were, there was a lot of that, although not, I think it wasn't as extreme because like the journal app, yes, like there's probably gonna be, so like day mm, one is like a one. really popular journal it's app. It's been
1: around for a long time.
0: Long and- time, a beloved app. I know a lot of people that really like it. It's hard to know, but I think some people that use day one may just switch over but I also think that this will build up, like more and more people will start journaling. And so day one could still, could like it's it's not mm. necessarily DOA. It's not like everything was stolen. Now it's day one, I think, gets to be like the more advanced journaling app or something like that. And yeah. so there could be that sort of like relationship going forward that more people start journaling in general because it's built in. And then day one could potentially Benefits. build off that. Mm. Yeah, benefit with that.
1: Apple have like the perfect... I guess, testing ground or customer feedback ground like because they've got the ecosystem and the app store. So something like day one, I mean, I remember when it came out, I was like, this thing looks beautiful. Like The design is just so nice. And Apple have seen that app grow over time. And Apple mm-hmm. have featured that app as like app of the day right, like yeah. so many times, right? I'm sure and
0: they've won design awards for that before. They have.
1: They have. And yeah, but Apple just see that this product's doing well and that there's a need and people want a journaling app that looks nice and -hmm. then they just then it's very easy for them to go yeah let's just make that or build it in and i think you're right like day one can still benefit off this situation but there are a ton of other smaller apps like say flux is a great example because flux was all based around like one feature right and you know something like day one you get the history that you want to keep like i have been journaling for a year and day one all my things are there it's i get reminders on the day like you did this five years ago, you get benefits of sticking with that over time. But something like Flux, which is literally just, hey, what's the time of day? Let me adjust my screen temperature so it's easier on my eyes for that time of day. It's very much a feature. The whole product is just a feature. And that's when you have a massive risk of getting Sherlock.
0: Yeah, there's another app where that did happen. I forget what it's called. But it's basically an app that brings the screensavers from Apple TV to your Mac. So they had those like flyover screensavers that's totally Sherlocked because now they just said, Hey, these are on your Mm -hmm. app, your Apple now or on your Mac now. And it's just like going to be built in with uh Sonoma, which is going to be the new Mac OS, which I have to say, that's like, I think the first new, now that they've done like the California city names, I think this (laughs) is the first one that I heard it and didn't immediately cringe. I like have hated all the names that they've used before. They just don't (laughs) sound right. But Sonoma feels like oh that's just a nice yeah macOS Sonoma. <laughs> I,
1: I I feel like it sounds like a cut, a cutlery or a dinner plate brand. Isn't there that brand? Yeah, it like, does
0: kind of have that kind of vibe. What
1: I is it? That. Williams Sonoma or something? There's like some. I don't know if that's correct. Like there's there's some or it might be an Australian brand. I'm not sure, but there is definitely right. <laughs> like a cutlery sort of plate <clears throat> high end brand. Mm-hmm. Or William Sonoma, I
0: think. That sounds vaguely familiar. Yeah. I, I feel like that's it's what I, that might be it. That's what yeah.
1: I thought of when I heard it. But <laughs> Look, there are a couple of small tweaks in Sonoma that I'm kind of excited for. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously it depends on people upgrading. But one of them was you can now take a website and save it into your doc. So basically take a website and kind of make it like a – like it's like an app almost. It goes right. in your doc. Uh-huh. And you can kind of do that now – where you're just saving like a website, but then you get like a Safari icon, yeah, and it doesn't and look good. Cr- but
0: Chrome does it, but it's oh, it's never felt very natural in Chrome. Like I know some people use it and think it works great, but whenever yeah. I try to use it, it just feels like just not quite right. And the Safari, even though I mostly use Chrome-based browsers, but like the Safari implementation just seemed really easy to be able to do something like that, which is nice.
1: The reason I'm excited about that is because Lama Life is a web. Of course, it's a yeah. web website and we have a lot of customers saying how do i put this in my dock like how do i you know obviously this is just for mac users it won't help windows users but we do get quite a few people saying like how do i save this on my dock so i don't have to go to your website every time i just want an icon you know maybe we can do a pwa or something to get around that but now we don't really have to because yeah well i mean as long as everyone's on sonoma and it doesn't help windows <laughs> right. but it's right. kind of getting it a little closer, and you know I think the real solution is just to do a proper app, but this is a nice in between <laughs> solution. Yes. So yeah,
0: for sure. <laughs> I was, um,
1: yeah, I was excited to see that.
0: Yeah, it was interesting them seeing them bring back widgets. I'm surprised they didn't mention. Um, oh, the name was it? Dashboard is that what? It, do you remember the old version of widgets that Mac used to have? I think it was called Dashboard, and it was hmm. kind of like you would hit like F11 or something like that and it would pop, it would like slide down and then it had like all those widgets on it.
1: Yeah, yeah. And then
0: at some point they killed it and I was really sad when they killed it because I really loved uh, Dashboard and now they're sort of bringing it back, which it looks really interesting. I'm curious to see what it actually feels like using because part of me is like, is that going to make everything really busy? Because it's just like all these widgets everywhere all the time.
1: Man, you're taking and me back. I, d- so. I have
0: I have no self control, so I'm going to add all the widgets. Oh, of course, of course,
1: <laughs> same, same. I'm like, I love widgets. Like, but right. you, t- you were really taking me back, like nostalgia wise. Because yes, there was the, there was this dashboard thing, which is not the same as like the your desktop background, right? You had your desktop background, then you had the dashboard, which had all the widgets which is a full screen canvas to put all the widgets then the current version now what, what not not the sonoma one but what, what what are we on ventura uh
0: yeah ventura yeah ventura
1: um that's just like a hamburger oh, ugly <laughs> hamburger kind of side thing for all the widgets right it's it's like a hamburger yeah, yeah. it's like a hamburger uh-huh. it's like ugh.
0: yeah and i end up not looking at that cuz it's just like Yeah, same. It's such a mess. Like, I open it to close the notifications. Yes. And I kind of ignore, even though I added those things on the bottom, it's just such a mess. I don't look at them.
1: Yeah, exactly. And the fact that you have to scroll to see all the widgets doesn't help. Mm -hmm. So, Mm -hmm. but now it's not exactly dashboard again. It's actually on the desktop. Like, you can put the widgets on the desktop and just move Mm. them around anywhere you want. And If you're in a different app, say, the example they gave was like if you open your email and that's like front and center, then the widgets on your desktop would kind of fade into the background so they wouldn't be as distracting. And then the other thing they mentioned was that you could have widgets on your phone and display those phone widgets on your desktop, which I was like, "Mm, that could be cool. There's a couple of widgets I like on my phone that I wouldn't mind seeing on my desktop, I suppose. But...
0: I mean, there, there are a few, I feel like, I, I feel like sometimes there's, there'll be like a widget for some like kind of obscure app that I use on my phone and then I'll be like, oh, I'd love to see that data on my Mac. And there's just no, like that doesn't exist. There's no widget. Mm-hmm. There's no app. There's no, no There's nothing to be able to see that on my, on my Mac. And so that would be, that'd be kind of a nice workaround for certain things that, oh, I want to get that on my Mac. And now it's sort of like built into the whole process
1: do developers have to opt into that because remember remember when the uh, new silicon max came out they were like well if you have an ios app it can run on the new m1 laptops and then everybody turned it off everyone turned it <laughs> off cuz i was super excited yeah, i was like sure. there's certain apps i want on my laptop and mm-hmm, then mm-hmm. that that developer chose not to turn that on which i totally understand from right. you know if it's a business like course, you it's want like to. A, you charge. don't want to have to
0: support that
1: exactly, and yeah. you want to charge for an iPad version or a, or a Mac version of the app, right? Yeah, not just have one. You know, I get it. I totally get it. So that didn't really work. So I'm, I'm just curious with this one. I don't, I don't know if we have the answer yet, but I don't know how they're gonna, how developers need to action that.
0: Right. I mean, I do like one difference between doing like the whole app before versus these widgets is the widget interaction is like already really limited and so it's less of a support burden because you might have an iphone app that you know requires you to be able to do multi-touch and so you can't really support that on a desktop but with widgets it's so the interaction is so limited that that sort of issue might be not an issue anymore so
1: although i think with this new version aren't the interactions they're more live, like, or they're more, they're more interactive. Not sorry. They're always live. It's more interactive.
0: This time. Yeah. It's, it's a little bit, it's a little bit more interactive and, and it's actually not live. So it's, it's kind of, I believe you have to set up like intervals. It's, it has some sort of like interval refresh sort of thing. So what they've added makes it a little bit more interactive. But from what I've heard, like you couldn't do like a calculator, like you couldn't have a widget that did that mm. because it's, it's more about like letting you toggle things on and off and sort of like. So it's more interactive than what it was before, but still a lot more, you know, it's not like a full app, just sort of like in the widget interface.
1: It's not just, yeah, displaying a static thing and when you click it, it opens the app. Right. <laughs> so it's more like how Android widgets have been forever, because mm. I'm actually a huge Android fan. I don't know. Every now and again, I kind of want to go back to Android, but I um, I just have iOS now because of the ecosystem lock in and iMessage and my whole family's <laughs> on it, but but right. i really like android's implementation of widgets because mm. they're not all one size like you know how apple have standard sizes like you got your small square and then you got like the big square and then you got like a rectangle yeah. it has to be one of those sizes whereas android's were whatever size you want like you could just <laughs> resize it and and they were interactive from the start and it just felt so much more fluid mm. to be able to just do something in my widget like say you have a counter And you just want to like up the counter if you're counting like your water or whatever you're counting, you could just tap the widget and it will go up like with the iOS implementation. If you had a counter, you tap it, it has to open the counter app and then you tap like increase in there. Anyway.
0: Yeah. So we, we are normally at the time we're going to wrap up and we haven't even gotten to the vision yet. Oh my gosh. Okay. (laughs) So we're, this is definitely going to be a long episode. I did want to mention real quick, uh, two things. Yep. Uh, One, they had like a whole segment talking about mental health, which I thought was super cool. And a lot of it was like integration with the journal app and like mood tracking and things like that. But I thought it was, you know, as somebody that's a big advocate for mental health, I thought it was really cool that they took this big in a keynote that was packed with stuff. They took this time to really kind of focus and talk about mental health and the importance of it, which Mm -hmm. I thought was super cool. And then another thing I wanted to mention. So with watch OS, do you, you still use your pebble, right?
1: yeah i primarily use the pebble i do have an apple watch though so i'm okay. know, every now and again i'll fire it up and use it for a couple of days
0: right so i i have my mine's an, it's an older one it's a series four which apparently the new watch os i have the oldest one that's still supported so my my friend has a series three and he's like well i guess i have to upgrade this
1: year yeah yeah but four was thing, a big leap from three I think.
0: yes yeah. yeah the four yeah. i i believe the four is when they kind of uh restructured that they made it a little bit bigger and sort of changed the shape of it a little bit more Mm -hmm. the the older one is a little bit boxier but mine i think mine was the last one that didn't have always on screen which sometimes is really annoying because like sometimes you've like i flip the wrist and it doesn't pop on the screen and then i'm like waggling my hand like trying to like show me the time please (laughs) yeah but anyway one of the things they announced with it with widgets looks really interesting because they used to have, I don't know if you saw, they used to have a watch face, they probably still have it, but called like the Siri watch face. Mm-hmm. And it mm-hmm. sort of worked the way that widgets is going to work. So it was like it would have little like kind of mini widgets that would show up on that watch face and you could kind of scroll through them. And it was like dynamic. And it had when that came out, I was like, oh, this is the future of the Apple Watch. They're going to like lean into this sort of like having a, and then they didn't at all. They like abandon it and just didn't do anything with it. But this is sort of that coming back, which I'm excited about because I think being able to like look at my watch and then just like without having to click through any menu, just sort of like using the wheel and being able to kind of like scroll through Mm -hmm. the things I want to commonly use, I think is a much simpler way because when I'm using my Apple Watch, I don't want to be like clicking and tapping around and stuff. Like I'm I'm wanting to do stuff at a glance. Like I'm not like spending 10 minutes doing something on my watch. It's mm-hmm. like I'm trying to find out something real quick or trying to, oh, that's funny. My watch just, I said something to trigger Siri and it was like <laughs> recording me talk. <laughs> but like that's the, and that's kind of what Widgets promises. Like it makes it, so it's super easy just by spinning the, what do they call the?
1: Digital crown knob.
0: Oh the crown, yeah. Yeah.
1: The digital <laughs> crown. The digital, digital crown,
0: crown. Yeah. By by just spinning that, like you can kind of scroll through your stuff, which yeah. I think works really great. I'm so I'm excited for that.
1: Yeah. I mean I'll definitely I think I have the series six or seven, I can't remember. Oh,
0: okay. It is
1: the it is a newer new ish one and it's got always on display, which I didn't think I would like that much, but it is really great because Yeah. You can glance at it. You don't have to do any sort of weird wrist flick. It's more subtle for everybody. That said, sometimes when you're in the dark, it's like illuminating. So you, you want to pick a watch face that's not as bright or something. I don't know. It's. I feel like it can be a little distracting if you're like at a dinner or something. Right, right. Yeah, cool. I'm excited for that too. I guess it's more context-aware, dynamic. Like you said, like the Siri watch face Surfacing information at the time you need. Mm-hmm. I do have a little anxiety over that, though. In that, is it smart enough to tell me what I need? I guess we'll find out. There is some safety in just having, like, here's my watch face I set up. And yes, even though it shows my calendar and it says no more events for today, like, at least I know that for sure because I because I put <laughs> right. that widget there. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. So
1: I guess I'll, I guess we'll see when we. I'll, I'll I'll try it out and see see what I what the experience is like.
0: Nice. All right. So that, let's let's talk about it. So the Vision Pro. Uh, to start, like what what's your experience with VR? Like, have you owned a headset? Have you used VR? Like, what up till now? What have you done with kind of VR?
1: So I'm aware of some of the headsets, but in terms of actual hands-on experience, pretty limited. Google Cardboard. Did the Google <laughs> Cardboard? Put my Android okay. phone uh-huh. in. But I'm not. And, and I have used, um, you know, some of the, like the Facebook ones, uh, not the Quest, but the one before, what was the one before the, the Oculus Quest? Rift? Yes. I used Oculus Rift, played around with that, actually okay. did some work. Um, so back in my corporate gig, we had an Oculus Rift and then we worked with this company, uh, which is quite big. It's called Matterport and it basically lets you scan your environment. So a lot of the real estate companies use this. Huh. They'll work with Matterport, they'll scan the environment and then you can basically walk through that environment
0: right in three
1: right. d, right? And you can walk through just on a website. so like you can pretend like you're just walking through on a website, or you can actually use it in the VR headset and walk through that way, which is super cool because when you turn your head, it turns with the you know where yeah, you're looking yeah. at. So that's kind of my experience to date. I haven't played a lot of games or anything on VR headset. Uh, I've played a couple of my friends. It was like a roller coaster game, and I felt really sick after that.
0: <laughs> yeah, I feel like the Rift was still, t- for me, it was still on the edge of like the technology wasn't there enough to avoid any sort of feeling sick. Because yeah. I, yeah, I, I'd used a Rift before at, oh, what was it? Um, yeah, so I'll just say my, my experience. I'd used mm-hmm. the Oculus Rift at uh, PAX. So the Penny Arcade Expo in Seattle. So it's like a video game conference. And that was the first time I did a VR. And it was amazing. But I felt sick afterwards. Like I was immediately like, oh, that does not. My stomach did not like that experience. But like a year or two after that or something like that, I got the uh, the Oculus Quest, the first one. So that's the one. I still have that the Oculus Quest 1. And that one has not had that issue at all. Okay. I've never felt. Like I don't use it a ton. That was like, I used it a lot when I first got it. I don't haven't used it in a while, but I never got nauseated with it. It felt like they figured out whatever it was with the resources to be able to focus on making sure. I think a lot of it has to do with like refresh rate. Like that refresh rate has to be high enough that you never, you never hit that like uncanny perception of reality. Yeah. Where then your stomach's like, this ain't right.
1: Yeah. That's the thing. I think, Maybe you get used to it.
0: that was my my experience. And one of the things with the Oculus Quest, like and almost every other VR is you have controllers. Like because gaming's been a big part of it, you have a controller. And so like you you kind of like aim at the thing you want to interact with and then kind of pull the trigger on the controller mm-hmm, mm-hmm. as I was watching them talk about it, and they show off the interface, which is just like your hand and like tapping, you know, tapping two fingers together. it reminded me of like the iPhone or they're like no more keyboard on it. Where all you're going to do is use your finger and touch. Mm-hmm. And it felt like that same sort of thing. And technically like Oculus has supported that they have like a mode that do it, that does it, but it's the accuracy isn't there mm-hmm. when I've tried to do it. It's always like, no, this doesn't work. I need to go back to controllers.
1: I feel like it's, um, it's a typical Apple kind of new gen one product launch where They've waited so long to release something, but when they release it, they do it amazingly well. (laughs) Right. Now, there's still a question on like the actual usage and application of this. Like, what are we going to use it for? And, you know, obviously people have some ideas with content and with work and stuff, productivity. But just in terms of the actual hardware and the interface and the software, like it is really nice, like. No one can look at that and go, they didn't do a good job. Just from a hardware software perspective, like I think it's...
0: Yeah, we'll talk about the price, but absolutely.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I I agree. When I saw the interface, you basically, you just look at what you need to look at. And it could be a search bar even. And when you look at the search bar, you can just start talking. That's Mm. kind of what you would expect to do. And it knows that you're in the search bar and you're trying to search for something. And then what you mentioned is sort of the tapping of your finger to represent like a, a... like a click somewhere on the screen Mm -hmm. and combine that with where you're looking at, it felt really magical. Like when I saw it, I was like, wow, that's actually so Apple, you know, so they've just, (laughs) they've really thought this through.
0: Right. Yeah. And actually that's, that's a distinction too from my experience with the Oculus with the Oculus, you could use your hands to like grab stuff and move it around, but there wasn't to my recollection, there wasn't that combination of like any sort of eye tracking. And that's sort of like the magic, I think, that the Vision Pro has where you just look at the thing and then you can interact differently with it. And so you're not having Mm -hmm. to, and I think I read, I think it was John Gruber uh, from Daring Fireball, his review, I think he talked about initially wanting to reach out and grab a menu and move it somewhere, which you could, but you just didn't need to. Like once you sort of realize that like, oh, I don't have to reach out, like I can if I want to, which may feel kind of cool like minority report, but mm. I can just, like, look at that, you know, the little, like, uh, toggle thing in the corner to resize it. So I can just look at that and then pinch my finger, you know, tap my fingers and then move it to resize. Mm-hmm. I don't have to reach out like it's a physical thing and grab it. And that's a big difference from what it was like with the Oculus. Like, with the Oculus, you have to either point the controllers at it or when you're using it, you have to, like, reach out and sort of grab the thing. And so that's that's sort of a big It's easier to a lot easier to experience and difficult to describe, Mm. and that was actually one thing I wanted to mention. Uh, I can't remember how long this was, but years ago, there was the like three or four years ago, there was the Hololens demo from Microsoft. Yep. And I remember thinking that looked really cool. They had this like demo with Minecraft, so they had like Minecraft, and it was it was using AR, like that was sort of how you know the augmented reality is how the Hololens looked or worked. And it had like this Minecraft kind of almost looked like it was like a playset because it was like Minecraft happening live, but it was on the table. And the person kind of like leaned down and looked into it, and it looked amazing. And then all the people that actually used it, the first like first impressions, first hand reports, people were saying like, it doesn't, it it demos way better than it actually is. The viewing angle is really yeah. small. It looks yes, like you're like you're looking angle. through a postage stamp kind exactly. of thing. Exactly, and when
1: you turn your head, it's like, oh my 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 vision went out of that the field of yeah, vision was, yeah yeah yeah.
0: And so like that was all the reports were basically like really cool demo, but the real product just kind of isn't mm-hmm. there. Didn't live up and to. I feel like that's been the exact opposite of what's happening now. Like almost every review I've said, people have said like transformative like they blew me like i had really high expectations and this blew my expectations out of the water it just felt real and and the other thing that happens like with my old oculus is you can see the pixels so like reading like feels impossible like i tried that before like oh i could have like this virtual screen in oculus and it's like no because i can't read it's not sharp enough but with the vision pro it is (laughs)
1: Like it's it's like having a 4K monitor on each eye, apparently. That's the Mm -hmm. resolution we're talking about. And I just want to mention one thing about the UI that you, you mentioned before. I feel like the distinction for me is that with the older headsets, it was about you learning how to use the UI. Like I have to point at the thing, click it, whatever. You had to learn how to use this interface. Whereas this one, like the Vision Pro, it feels like you have an impulse to do something. And Apple has designed the UI to match your natural behavior. Like, I want to do this. I want to reach out and do that. Or I'm just looking at it and then I want to talk. And I would expect it to do a search. And that's what it does. Like, I feel like they've really just designed it around a natural behavior. Whereas with the older headsets, like you have to go, okay, well, how do I use this thing? I have to learn this new way of doing it. So I think that's just one thing they've done really well is design for a natural way of using something and i'm like really fascinated as you know with like ui and ux and i'm like they they've done this so well i'm really blown away by that part of it
0: but there is uh one of the things you have to consider for sure is mm. the price because price. it is people were expecting it to be a lot because most vr headsets you can buy right now are in that like 500 or like 300 i think i think you can get the quest one of the quests for like 300 to like a thousand like some of the higher end ones are like up towards like a thousand dollars for the most part of like consumer ones. And then this one is just like <laughs> 3,500 is a wild price. Uh. It is
1: crazy <laughs> and I I think but it's a gen 1 and I I don't think they're expecting everyone to buy it. Like they just it's just going to be probably businesses and I guess some developers might be able to developers get a discount or something like if they want people to develop the ecosystem and the software like how are you going to do it if you
0: yeah I don't know what their plan is for developers to get like early units and stuff like that but I mean I will say the price is wild but it doesn't seem like too many people are saying that it isn't worth it it's more that like like it's not that like oh the hardware isn't like that costs way more than the hardware would cost it's not that it's more that I can't justify that much of a price for something that like what is, what is the use case where I can justify Mm -hmm. almost $4,000 when you add tax in there?
1: I'm just converting it to Australian dollars in my head. I'm like, Oh my God, (laughs) it's like a sort of one us dollar is about 1.5 Australian dollars right now. So that just gets (laughs) absolutely crazy. Like probably buy like a, a super cheap car for that. Like
0: one thing about it though, it is a computer. Like, I don't know what, how it compares to like a MacBook or something like that, but it's not like it's streaming from your phone or something like that. Like It's an isolated device that can do its mm-hmm. own thing. Exactly. And yep. so that's that's a big part of why the, the price is so high.
1: They made some really interesting design choices. So yeah, it's an isolated device, doesn't require your phone to work. They also, the battery pack is separate. Mm-hmm. I thought that was a very interesting choice because obviously they're, they're trying to keep the weight of the actual device that's on your head Uh, as light as possible and the materials already kind of look slightly heavy because they're premium-ish materials, but the battery pack is separate and I guess that makes it easier to swap out as well if you need to, like recharge one and then put another one in. But I thought that was an interesting choice and the other interesting choice was the screen, which is (laughs) part of the driver of the high cost. There's two screens, like – One on the The outside, an external one for the eyes and one on the inside. And this was funny because I thought it was kind of this thing where it was somehow like frosting it over when when you're viewing it inside. And then when you want to do the pass through, it would clear it. But that's not what it's doing. It's literally like a second external screen, which is taking a video of your eyes and showing it on that external screen to whoever's looking at it.
0: So it's actually so it's not doing that. That's actually oh, what it? I thought it was doing. I thought it was t- do like a video feed of your eyes. Well, so okay. what it's actually doing okay, okay. so it's it it's watching your eyes because it has the eye tracking, right? And then it creates a 3D model of you. Oh,
1: and there's yeah, a 3D yeah, model yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. of you and it's animating that on okay, the okay. outside, Yeah. which yeah, is yeah. like not <sighs> like they sh- they it's kind of creepy, but I think it's subtle enough on when you're only seeing kind of the eyes and it's kind of like dim through there that it's not as obvious that, I, I don't know. it's Interesting. It remains okay. to be seen, but so that's what it's doing. And it's also doing something where that the outside screen, it's like, oh, what is it called? Like lenticular. It's basically, I don't know if you've seen those, like if you, if you don't know this is it's gonna sound ridiculous, but there's this old like blue dragon that you could like print out and fold it. And it would be where it looked like a dragon was like staring at you and you would like move side to side and its eyes would still look at you. And that's because it was actually the opposite. So rather than the dragon being like towards you, it was away from you, but it like tricks your eyes. Hmm. So I, I'm doing a terrible job of explaining like, like, this. Like those
1: old creepy paintings, like those, like a picture, those pictures that the eyes eyes follow you, is it a similar thing?
0: Yeah, it's that sort of thing. So it's like this pl- trick that's happening with your eyes because, because it's concave. concave, it's going in, in yeah. but you're but you your, think it's your eyes are thinking it's convex. Yeah, that yeah, it's yeah, coming yeah. out. And so because of that, it looks like the eyes are turning to always be looking at you from every angle.
1: Yep. And it's like this yep.
0: really subtle thing that works. And you could see that in the video. Like once I heard that, you could see it in the video that like the camera's panning around the person and the eyes still look like they're looking at you all of that is kind of in this weird sort of uncanny valley. And like they did the thing with like the dad recording the, oh, the, the moment dad. with his kids, which is oh, such Some, a terrible, someone in marketing I get
1: is going to get, oh, get like in trouble for that. I don't even know how that passed that who approved that. That's well, the I worst think, part think, of the whole thing.
0: <laughs> I think they're in this weird place right now because they couldn't right now. There's no way to record that video other than with this device, but people that were like reviewing it said it was amazing seeing that video so ha- the video having, having it existed, they said it was yeah. really cool to experience it so how do you get past that and i think what they're going to mm-hmm. do i think the an iphone is going to be able to record that 3d video
1: and then adapt it for a vr playback
0: right yeah and so if especially if that happens this year i don't know if it'll happen this well, year it's like
1: those kids are looking at their dad with his <laughs> bloody ski ski goggles on and the dad's like taking pictures and what What sort of experience are the kids going to have? Like my dad's got this weird thing on his head, but, um, oh man, if you have so for those listening, if you haven't seen this, I mean, you could probably just Google it and find it on YouTube. Everybody's talking about it as like the worst moment of the whole thing. It really got to me. I was like, oh, i I really don't like that. I had a reaction to it. I'm like, oof, I don't want that future. Mm. i I actually thought like that's not the future I want, right? I, I don't want to be living in this headset taking pictures of people I love and you should be in the moment. Like it just felt really weird. But anyway, that's aside.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I, I totally, I totally get that. I do. I give Apple credit for taking a lot of effort and making this device not look like an isolation device, because that could Mm -hmm. easily be what it was. Like it could easily be, this is this amazing thing that you can use by yourself and, you know, go, go into your office and you're like by yourself, like using this thing. But what they, they really put a lot of effort and it's still in this weird uncanny valley. So parts of it did not feel right. And that in particular stood out as like, no one wants you to be wearing this at your kid's birthday party. <laughs> but if you're just using your phone and recording it and it gets that same video, like how is that different than like, well that's where people are doing now anyway. I do think it's really cool how they've, put a lot of effort into like how can we make it connected and there's like this cool i forget what they call it but there's a cool feature like if you're if you're using the headset and you have like whatever the 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 digital Digital crown crown. (laughs) turned so that like you're isolated so you're only seeing if somebody walks into the room they sort of break into it
1: uh, yeah which is really cool. cool it's like
0: that's another thing that's like making it feel like this isn't like, oh, you're isolated in your own little world here. You're still part of kind of like people being able to walk into and talk to you. I think that's really cool that they put, a, they put a lot of effort into trying to make that happen. I'm
1: really curious how that plays out because I think they they have put the effort in to give you that option. But I'm wondering, I mean, it's still up to the user. Like the user might be like, I want to be completely isolated in my own world. I don't want interruptions. Maybe I have do not disturb mode on. So then someone can't break into that.
0: Because they did also have the demo of somebody on an airplane and they tuned everything out.
1: That and was so a really cool there's use So clearly
0: there's some way to decide, like, I don't want any – yeah, like you said, like, a do not disturb. Like, I don't want anyone to pop into my view. I want to be I- isolated on the airplane. But in my view, I'm, you know, in the mountains. In a cinema. Or, yeah, well, in the that, cinema, exactly. I thought that was
1: super cool. I can see airplanes, you know, you pay extra for your seat. And instead of getting the little – TV on the back of the seat in front of you, <laughs> right. you have this whole immersive, like, I'm in a cinema kind of experience. I thought that was a good use case. Look a few
0: years down the road, and then you go to Disneyland and have these hooked up. And like Disneyland already is amazing. And they had like, you know, Iger from Disney talking about stuff. But what I think is would be really cool a few years down the road when the devices like this are lighter and you can just like wear it through Disneyland and they could do. They could add in so much like amazing stuff to that experience. Oh, there's so much, so much to talk about, so much cool stuff. Yeah,
1: I just want to go back to the the point you made about the eyes. So you know how you were saying it's not a video feed of your eyes, but it's more mm-hmm. that they use the sensors to generate like a 3D model of your eyes.
0: It's like a realistic avatar, kind of. Yeah, thing that realistic avatars. When you do. Exactly,
1: yeah. exactly. And so I think I heard them also say like if you do FaceTime on it that's what the other person will see. Mm-hmm. So if you do FaceTime with someone using a phone, like you'll see all their images, kind of like you would see them on a phone, like it would be them, but they would be spread out in your vision. But the question then is like, well, what do they see of you? Because you're not on your phone, but they will right. see this 3D generated model super avatar of your whole face. And I was like, hmm, that is the uncanny valley part as well. It's like, well, is that kind of what, it's like you, but it's not you. And you can. T- it's not as good as the real you. And then I was For like, sure. wouldn't they want to see the real you? Like, isn't that the whole point of doing a video call is to have that human connection, not just see an avatar, but I don't know. I, I, I really want to get my hands on one, but I, I just can't justify it. <laughs> but I definitely want to go and try it out.
0: I think it was really smart that they didn't show what that would look like. Like, what do the other people see? Because that's what, Facebook or Meta, like that's what they did show, like kind of these cartoon interactions. And then everyone just like, you know, made fun of it because it looked kind of ridiculous. And so (laughs) I think it was smart that they avoided that for now to sort of let people kind of absorb the idea of this new device. And I do think like, I think people make fun of a lot of these kind of revolutionary changes, like with the iPhone laughing at like, oh, it doesn't even have a keyboard. How are you supposed to type? Mm -hmm. Like that'll never work. And clearly it did. And like, I remember even just like a few years ago when the AirPods came out and then people were like, how, those are so ridiculous. Like you're going to lose them immediately. And some people do, you do lose AirPods, but it's still, that became like the de facto headphone for a lot of people like that. Like now that that's the only kind of headphones I use for the most part, other than when I'm at my,
1: (laughs) there's even some, there's even some forum, like a lost and found kind of thing called, I think it's called like left airport or something. And, um, (laughs) Basically you can go there and like I have a left AirPod who's got a right AirPod like do you want to <laughs> can can I buy like do a swap like, yeah or buy like your right AirPod like cuz you both lost right. one of them No you are completely right about this design paradigm or device paradigm or whatever mm-hmm. but I do remember when yeah what you said about the phones like no keyboard you had BlackBerry in there and I had a BlackBerry for work and BlackBerry was just like the thing everyone was like I want mm-hmm. I, I have a BlackBerry it's so cool like this keyboard it was so tactile it felt great and look, I do miss the tactile keyboard to a degree, but I totally see the use case of having the full screen keyboard that pops up yeah. on the screen, et cetera. And people made fun of that. And same thing with the iPods. People were making fun of that too, right? Like they were posting pictures of them having like those digital, not digital, um, electric toothbrushes in their ears. Right. Do you remember uh-huh. that? And and uh-huh. they're like, uh-huh. oh, check out my new AirPods. And it was like this toothbrush hanging out of their ears. And then same with the iPad. People were making fun of the name. Remember with the iPad, like, oh, it's a pad, you know, and the iPad has just become a natural part of our vocabulary now. And so many people... Just have them, especially It's kind of like the, the
0: Nintendo Wii, the same thing. Like when that came out, that name yeah. was something everybody made fun of. And then it's just like, you just don't even think about it now. It's just yeah, like, that's just the name of the device, yeah.
1: Yeah, so with this, I feel like it is really this Gen 1 product, but it is, it's, Yes, I think you said this on our, our pre-chat, it's kind of like this strategic thing where it's just the beginning and this is not the end goal, like this is not the end like the end state of of what they're trying to achieve. Like the end state is really like the end game is really to have normal glasses that function as like AR glasses and augments like our physical surroundings. This Mm. is kind of, I feel like this is like the first step. So developers get on board and make like a ton of things and the ecosystem gets built out, but eventually it's going to get smaller, lighter, more like normal glasses, not ski goggles. And that's kind of what we're working toward maybe in like 10 years or something. But for a Gen 1, it's pretty impressive, I think.
0: I think it's at the state right now where kind of like we said, it's really easy to sort of make fun of stuff because it's totally, it's like a new paradigm. Like it, they didn't even mention the word VR because it's not like the Oculus Quest. They, they barely mentioned gaming. They sort of said that like, yeah, we'll talk about gaming later. And I think I was really intentional to be like, this is... About a whole new sort of what they call it, spatial computing, like, mm. and I, I kind of buy into that. It's like a new paradigm, just like like the iPhone really cha- completely changed that landscape. I think this is, even though this first one's really expensive, and I think like the the, the battery hanging from a cable is like, even though it's like you know it's decently designed, it's still like that feels like very Gen One, like having to have this external battery. And I think there's a lot of things that is, I don't know what the release cycle is going to be like. So I don't think they can release a new version of this every year. Like that's not going to work.
1: Didn't this take seven years or something to build? It, it's it's oh, been a long know, time. There, yeah. there are a lot of people on Twitter changing their bios saying, I worked on the Vision Pro for the last seven years and I'm really happy we can now oh, release cool. it and talk about it. Yeah, and, um, yeah. I think it's been a long time in the making and obviously like a lot of people involved in it as well. I think all the all the big companies are, are trying to figure out what's the next big interface and we've kind of gone from, you know, having a desktop computer to a laptop to a phone to an iPad and I think a lot of the phones now are also like folding phones. That, that's kind of one take on it, right? Like this is a new interface, a folding phone and there's two types of folding phones as well. There's a folding phone where you know, I want the size of a normal phone and it folds open to the size of an iPad. So I get bigger screen real estate. And then there's another type of folding phone, which is I want a smaller phone, even like a normal size phone that folds in half so I can put it in my pocket. So there's two Mm -hmm. types of folding phones. So that is a, that is a take on like a new interface, but this is a different take. This is like, okay, let's do the VR take or the AR take or the What did you call it? Spatial Spatial
0: computing. Computing
1: take. I think this is a leap. Like I feel like we're at a crucial point where this is a new thing. It's not exactly how it's going to be, but it's a big step forward. And the fact that Apple's finally jumped in to the game, to the mix, is super important because Apple designed for the masses. So for them to do this, it's it's really – They're going all in on it like they're they're like this is a big bet for them Mm -hmm. and i really love their take because when zuckerberg released like when he bought oculus and then released all the different quests i think we're up to quest three now i was like you know what i think he i feel like he just watched ready player one and then tried to build the oasis (laughs) but i feel like apple have really taken like they've thought about this and like what would be useful it's a completely different take it's not like They haven't just gone, let's make Ready Player One.
0: Yeah, because like, I don't think because it's this V1, I don't think it has a really strong like, oh, I need to have this because of X. But if I did have it, I could use it right now for work I'm already doing. And Mm -hmm. that is a big deal. Like it, it could immediately jump in and be useful for me, even though it doesn't have the like, oh, must have it use case. It's immediately useful. Whereas like the meta was like, the gaming is cool like, I think that VR gaming is really fun. Uh, Like Beat Saber is amazing.
1: I've not played Beat Saber. I really want to. Oh, you've never played
0: it. It's great. So I think that use case is good, but Meta never made another use case. Like its whole like avatars walking around talking is like, why? What am I doing here? Whereas like the argument of like being able to – because I – like when I'm writing, like if I – like, oh, I've got a few hours. I want to write – I'll pop on the TV, I'll put like a beach, like like waves crashing and sort of like get me into a vibe. And being able to like do that in VR for like writing, like putting on the Vision Pro and like, oh, I'm going to exist where it just like I'm surrounded sitting on the beach and now I can write. Like that seems immediately useful. And just being able to do the stuff I do on my laptop already but for reals doing it kind of with VR, like resizing screens and all that Mm. sort of stuff. Like you could do that immediately. It's immediately useful, even if it isn't that compelling, like must have it. And so I think there's going to be enough, there's going to be enough people that adopt it and it's just going to kind of grow. Like the original iPhone did not sell that well. It's crazy if you look at like charts and see like the original iPhone sales, it's this tiny little like fraction compared to what it does now. And I think that'll probably be the case here. And who knows that the vision, I, like probably the Vision Pro like line will never like match what the iPhone is. But still, I think this V1 is going to, it's going to make waves even if it, if the sales numbers don't make those same sort of waves.
1: In a, in a way, it's, I think it's super strategic to make the price high because they don't want everybody to have this yet. It, it's a part of, it's about getting feedback amongst like a, a smaller group.
0: They call it pro for a reason. So clearly yeah. there's going to be a Vision Air or Vision light or whatever, or just Vision, the Apple Vision, who knows what that'll have. Like maybe it won't have the screen on the front. Like that seems like a really easy cost saving. I feel like just that's really that
1: creepy. I don't know why. <laughs> like when, when I saw it on the demo, I was like, oh. First of all, I thought it was Air Realize. But then yeah. now like we're saying it's the generated and am like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like that it's a different take though. Yeah, I like that someone thought about this. But uh, yes, I think we're – super over time this is probably our longest episode <laughs> yeah. to date
0: definitely but,
1: yeah uh, hopefully it's been interesting and um i guess watch this space <laughs> we always watch this space watch this uh, space watch this space and yeah that was that was an interesting chat i guess yeah I'm, I'm keen to kind of follow this and see where where it goes but um in terms of stuff we're doing now coming back to the present and not the future
0: well first are you gonna are you gonna get one
1: No, are you? I I can't afford it. I can't even afford the 15-inch laptop Air.
0: I actually told my buddy today, I was like, we need our app to make at least $7,000 profit by early 2024 (laughs) so that each of us can get a Vision Pro. So I don't know. I I highly doubt I'll be able to afford it because it's so expensive. But I got the first iPhone. when the iPhone came out, I got the first. I got you know, the I first stood in line too, for yeah. that. I did yeah. the same thing for the iPad. I'm an early adopter at heart and I would love to be able to get it, but it's
1: you, I wonder if at they're the going to do like I wonder if Apple's going to set up like demo centers cuz you know with the HoloLens. Oh, they
0: totally are with the Apple Store. It's it's a G, it's to, so right? perfect that they have the Apple Store because so much of like VR is about doing it. Like you can't you can't sell it if you've never used VR. Like it doesn't you don't make that connection. Because
1: HoloLens so. did that really well. Like Microsoft set up a HoloLens store in like New York City mm. and they did they they gave really good demos. The the thing with this though, I I don't know if I, I understood this correctly, but I think the like the fitting is really important. And I think you need to scan your face with your phone and they'll do some custom fitting or something. Is that right?
0: Yeah, they, they said there was the line that we've studied thousands of heads, which was hilarious. They said that while they were talking about the design Oh, my God.
1: I'm <laughs> just going to say, just going really quick, WWDC, just overall. Craig, Craig Federici, Federici, I don't know how to say his last name. He's so funny. Like, his hair was on point. Like, you know how people always joke about his hair? He's got the big- Uh-huh.
0: Hair Force One.
1: Hair Force One. Yeah. <laughs> I, I really like his style because he- sort of doesn't take himself too seriously mm-hmm. like he knows people talk about this The Head yeah what Force does he say he's funny.
0: like sometimes you just wanted to say the right ducking word like that was, I, I can't remember exactly how he said that but talking about their new autocorrect yeah he, he made his he sense made of some humor some funny is great.
1: comment about timers as well because you know one of the like the major <laughs> beasts of um the os just, this is not for vision pro this is like the normal like your phone and phone and the watch and the iPad you can't run multiple timers at once and he's like for iPad you can finally run like multiple timers and he he made some really funny comment about like he knows it's ridiculous that they're making such a big deal out of this thing. Yeah I was like we
0: truly live in an amazing age or something like that. That's (laughs) right
1: something like that I was like Okay, that was a good one. Yeah. yeah. I'll, the, I'll take, the whole no.
0: vibe of the entire keynote I thought was was great. They just nailed it. It was, it was interesting the whole time and they really mix it up with all the people. And yeah, he's always a blast and just yeah, yeah. not taking himself too seriously, uh, <laughs> which just, is is. I just is want great. to see the
1: Craig the Craig highlights. <laughs> every year there's been something. The Air Force One was one and I think last year when he opened the laptop, you know, they were showing the light when he oh, opened the laptop yeah. and that became a meme. <laughs> uh-huh. Maybe that's a goal. Like every year we want like he had the, a He Craig. had the
0: triple guitar this time around.
1: <laughs> oh, I missed that. Oh, oh you missed the, the triple.
0: Yeah, he yeah, had the three-headed yeah. guitar. They oh, when they were, they were talking about uh, metal uh, for like oh, gaming and stuff okay, like
1: that. Okay, I'm going to go Google it up. Yeah,
0: it's good. <laughs> so yeah, I think next week we were hoping to talk about gear. And so hopefully that will happen and that'll be a fun one. But this is great. It was super fun to be able to kind of recap all this. I love nerding out about like all these new Apple announcements, yeah. especially a big one like this with the Vision Pro. So yeah, this is super totally. fun.
1: Because I can't talk to my I, I can't really talk to my friends about this. Like they don't <laughs> have this kind of interest. So yeah, super fun to right. know. Yeah, I've, I've been
0: talking to my wife, and she's like, "We're not buying it." That's that's her feedback. We're not buying that thing.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> so all right, awesome, cool. Well, I uh, I'll catch you next week.
1: Yeah, cool. See you then.